Miracy. The takeaway is listen to the entire episode and then listen to it again. I guess you can really absorb all the depth of what he shared. I mean, one thing that really kind of caught my attention was this distinction between expert and visionary. You know, I've heard similar themes described in the past, but I'd never heard it framed, the distinction in those terms. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey there, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it or both. Our guest today is Michael Port. Once a professional actor and then the founder of Book Yourself Solid, Michael now runs a business called Heroic Public Speaking and hosts the most popular podcast on public speaking and performance, Steal the Show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much. So, Michael, you and I go way back, but for people who don't have the privilege of knowing you as well as I do, what's your story? How did you come to be doing what you're doing? Like, give us the backstory that led to here. Sure. I believe that a speech has the power to change the world and the people in it, including the speaker. Because in order to give a transformational speech, a speech that changes how people feel, think, and act, it requires that the speaker go through a transformational process themselves in the development of that speech. A speech that's easy to give generally doesn't move the audience in a significant way. And what I found when I was a professional speaker and I was watching other speakers, is I found that there were so many people with so much potential, but just scratching the surface of that potential. And I was trying to figure out why. You know, why would someone go on stage and not deliver something that is as good as they possibly could deliver? And, uh, and I realized it's because they had no training, no craft in the art of performance. And I did. I have a master's in acting from NYU. My wife, Amy, has a master's from acting in Yale. And as a result, I've been able to use the processes and the craft that I learned when I was quite young to develop speeches that really were transformational. And I thought, well, maybe if I could teach these speakers this process, this craft of performance, well, then maybe they too could deliver transformational speeches. They actually could be as good as they could possibly be. And that's how I started. I just started piloting it over about a year period of time to see if, in fact, my theory was correct. And it turned out that it was. So we have a big training center in Lambertville, New Jersey, and we run our courses out of there. People come from all over the world to do our trainings. And some parts of our trainings are online. Parts of our trainings are in person. We offer a very hybrid approach because as much as I'd love to have people come six days a week for, say, three years at a time to do the training, that's just not realistic. So we've taken a very hybrid approach to it. I have so many questions, but let's start with, you said you piloted the idea. How did you pilot it? What was the minimum viable version that gave you proof of concept for something like this? So what I did was I put together one-day workshops, and I would allow only 20 people to come. And there were two different price points. One price point, if you were going to get an hour's worth of coaching and direction from me at the event, and then another price point, if you were just going to 
be an audience member, witness the event. And that worked actually quite well. We found really very quickly I had a waiting list for that, but I didn't want to you know, produce big events because I was still piloting it. I still wanted to see if it in fact worked. And I did that for about six months, and then I moved it into a two-day workshop for the next six months. And then when I finally committed to it, I put on an online course. I think it was called like Heroic Public Speaking Immersion, something like that. And I think we charged $2,000 and we had about 250 people sign up and people loved it. And at the end, we said, well, what do you want next? What else do you want? Because we always ask our students, what do you want? And then we generally design based on what they want. And they all said, we want something in person. So we put on something called Heroic Public Speaking Live six months later. And that was an event that had maybe the first year about 350 people. And then when we stopped doing that, we were at about 700 people for that event. And then we said, okay, well, what do we think the next step in the process would be for folks? Because, you know, a two-day event is not sufficient to develop a transformational speech. You can learn a lot in two days, but you need to do the work. And the doing the work takes months if you're really going to produce something quite special. So we put together something that we called HPS Grad, and it was intended to be similar to the experience that Amy and I had when we were grad students. And as I joked earlier, I would love to take people for six days a week, three years at a time, the way that Amy and I did when we were in grad school, but of course I can't. So that first program was a four in-person sessions, five days each session, two times in Philadelphia and two times in LA. That's the very first version of it. And that had 20 people in it. And then now we're on version 16, and we do it for as many as 72 people at a time. And it runs over seven months. And the first half is all virtual because the first half is all ideation and script writing. And we don't need to be in person to do that. And we call that first term. And second term is all in person. And they come for three different times over the course of three months to do the performance work on their speech. And then they come a fourth time to shoot a video reel of their speech, a trailer of their speech. Because you know, if a meeting planner can't see your speech, it's very unlikely they're going to hire you. This is a visual art. They need to see it. You can't just talk about it and uh, you know, have people assume that they think it'll work. So it's a pretty rigorous program. It really is like doing a higher level degree program rather than a coaching program. And we very specifically don't call it a coaching program. We call it a training program. And I think the distinction is important because when people think about coaching, they think, oh, this is not what coaching necessarily is. But often when they think of coaching, they think, oh, I'm going to be told what to do. But what we're doing is we're training them in the processes and the craft so that they know how to do it over and over and over again for every speech they work on. Because what we're trying to do is produce self-sufficient, independent professionals and that's the way we have found that they have the most confidence in themselves by the end of the training. So to the extent that you're comfortable sharing, what are some of the economics of the program in terms of roughly what it costs to enroll, in terms of what your cost structure is for purposes of, for a course creator who's listening to this and is like, this sounds cool, I like this structure, what goes into making it work and making it work profitably? 
We started doing these two-day in-person events for $2,000 for the event in person at our space. And we thought, okay, we'll fill those and then we'll introduce grad to the people who are there and, you know, that'll work well. But it was a struggle because often people didn't understand. They thought, well, isn't it going to be like every other public speaking thing where they'll tell me what to do with my hands and, you know, where to look in the audience and give me some tricks and some tips. And we don't do tricks and tips. We do visionary work. We do real craft building work. And you and I were having a conversation and I was like, I'm a little frustrated with this because I've got all these salespeople who are trying to sell this $2,000 in-person course. And it just feels like we've got to go through so many potential leads. We've got to go through so many sales conversations to put people into that two-day initial event in order to move them into grad. And so, you know, we were doing YouTube ads and some other ads and, you know, people would call up and say, what can I get for a hundred bucks? We'd say nothing. So you said, Michael, you have a space. Nobody has a space. I mean, you have your own training facility. Nobody has that. That's a secret weapon. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You said, well, just do them for free. You remember this conversation, Danny? I do. It's coming to mind now. I didn't know it was impactful in this way, so I'm flattered. It was very impactful. You said, just don't charge for it. And so I said, okay, whatever, Danny, fine. And I was like, you know, okay. You know, when someone gives you advice that is provocative, you kind of go like, all right, whatever. That's easy for you to say. But I sat down and I thought about it. And I thought, well, let's look at who our absolute best students are. And when we started looking at who our best students are, I discovered that our best students were the ones who were referred by other students. Now, I'd been in this business for almost two decades at this point. You'd think I'd know this by now. But it really became clear to me that the people who were just showing up randomly generally were not as engaged as the people who were referred to us. And so I went to my team and I said, listen, I think we should make CORE, that's the two-day event, free. And we should become a referral-only organization. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And that's why I knew I was on the right track because it was provocative for them too. And I said, trust me, I think that if we ask our alumni to refer people to us, they'll do it. And now what we do with these two-day events is we do them for free People have to put a $1,000 deposit down to hold their spot. If they don't show up, we keep the deposit. When they show up, we give them that $1,000 back in the form of a check right when they walk in, first thing we do. And we do nine of them a year. And three core programs fill one grad program. And so now... We're at, a, we're at a level of conversion that I never even imagined we'd get to. Our average conversion rates are 67% out of that two-day workshop or that two-day training that we do. 67% of the people who come there then come and do grad. And we have people who find the experience so valuable at core that they literally give the checks back to us. Because they say, this is worth way more than $1,000. There's no way I can take this check. Because the whole thing is not a pitch. The whole thing is a rigorous training. And we spend 30 to 45 minutes on the second day introducing them to grad. And what we call it is next steps. And next steps can be for somebody who's doing it with us 
or for someone who's doing it alone. And of course, in that process, they get to decide which is the better path for them, doing it alone or doing it with us. And 67% of the people decide doing it with us is a much better path. So grad is 26 grand. We do a payment plan, of course, for people who would like that. And um, everybody goes through and, you know, we hear over and over again, sometimes after one session, they'll say this one session paid for the whole tuition because it is incredibly rigorous and it is incredibly deep. We are not doing any surface level work with them. Meaning even in first term, they have an editor who edits their speech. They have masterclasses every week where AJ, who's our head writing coach, is walking through exactly how to sculpt scripts. We work on their titles, their session descriptions, their big ideas, and so much more. And then of course, when they get into grad, we're teaching them the entire rehearsal process, content mapping, staging, blocking, signature bits, contextual models, and the whole nine yards. So when they leave, they really do feel like they just got a master's degree in public speaking, and it affects many, many different aspects of their work. Not only did they create a great speech, but they also created signature intellectual property for their business that they could then take and turn into a course that's an online course. They can turn it into a book. They can design the business model differently for their business as a result. And I'm really proud of it. I mean, I feel like I always wanted to create something that was truly transformational at a really high level. And I think that's what we've done. That's amazing. I mean, I guess one thing I, I wondered based on what you were saying is you, you have this focus on creating a program and offerings that are distinctive. They're differentiated. You described them as you know, being very different than other public speaking programs that are out there, that they're not about tips and tricks, that they take a, a different and deeper approach. I think that's what a lot of people listening as course creators aspire to as well, to create something that is uniquely their own and different than what other people are doing and that, that is really valuable for their clients. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more to that. How did you find your unique approach? And how did you get to this place of having something that is very different than the typical public speaking program that is out there? From a very practical perspective, I think that one of the reasons sometimes people have trouble creating IP courses speeches, books, et cetera, that don't get traction, or one of the reasons that they don't get traction is because they're sitting squarely in what I'd call expertville. Because if you think of yourself as an expert these days, I think that you are one in a million. Now, this was different when I started. You know, there weren't as many experts running around as there are now. You know, you can turn on YouTube and you can find an expert who will teach you almost anything about anything, but you're probably not going to remember their name. And so when something like expertise becomes commoditized, often it becomes less valuable. However, if you look at the people, and this is what we uncovered when we were doing our research for the book, when you look at the people who are on the keynote stages at conferences, they're doing visionary work, not expert work. The experts are generally relegated to the breakout rooms because breakout rooms are generally how-to type speeches. They're valuable, they're important, but they're not visionary because generally what the expert does is the expert shows you 
today's best practices. And that's pretty easy to learn. So it's not that hard to learn to be an expert uh, in a field. I mean, quantum physics notwithstanding, but most of the fields that people are coaching in. And, and if you're only showing the audience today's best practices, you're just holding up a mirror to the present. But what the visionary does is the visionary challenges the status quo and offers an alternative approach that changes the way people think. And if you can change the way people think, you can change what they do. And so what we've discovered over time is that, you know, marketing doesn't book you speeches. It's a nice, you know, thing that I think is easy to teach. I've taught marketing. It's not hard to teach. It's not hard to learn. But really the only thing that can, that can build a sustainable speaking career is a speech that gets stage side leads. Meaning when somebody sees it, they want it. So every time you do that speech, it produces like four leads. You book two of those leads. Now you got two more speeches. You get four more leads each one of those. That's eight leads. You book four more speeches. And then you leverage the power of compounding gigs and you build a big, beautiful referral tree over time. And I mention this because that's the difference between expert work in the world of content development and visionary work in the world of content development. You, Danny, do visionary work in the world of content development. You constantly challenge the status quo. And that's one of the reasons that you have been so effective over the years. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to teach some practical how-to stuff from time to time. You know, in our programs, we're teaching lots of practical how-to stuff throughout our trainings. But the core of the work challenges the status quo, and it offers an alternative approach that does change the way people think not only about the work, but about themselves, and as a result, can do much, much bigger things. That was fascinating. Thank you for walking us through that. Michael, I have a quick question about pedagogy. You mentioned earlier the word masterclass. You do masterclasses. And I think for most people who are listening to this, masterclass is one of those synonyms that you reach for when you're thinking for how will I describe my lesson in a way that will be most compelling? Will it be a masterclass or a workshop or a seminar? But I know that when you use the word masterclass, it has a very specific meaning. Can you tell us about that experience? Absolutely. In fact, before I used the word masterclass, I'd never seen anyone in our industry use the word masterclass. And I used it because it's very common, it's typical, it's normal in the world of acting or music. In the arts, often the way that students are taught is through the experience of watching a master teacher work with one, two, or three other students. And so, for example, when I was in acting school, our teacher would work with two students who were doing a scene, and they would teach us, the audience, while they were directing those actors. And it was so fascinating. It was electrifying because you saw the transformation happen in front of your eyes so that you knew what the teacher was teaching actually worked. Because here's the thing, Danny, if I go on stage and I say, listen, here's what you need to do to be a great speaker, people could very easily say, oh yeah, well, that's because you're really good at it or you're talented or you went to, you know, you were an actor or they can make up lots of excuses. They can say, I'm not like you. I, I couldn't do that. But if I put people like them on stage and I give them direction 
that immediately transforms what they're doing so that the audience has a physical and emotional and intellectual experience, then everyone in the audience sees, oh, wow, if it's possible for that person, well, then it's going to be possible for me too. Moreover, the person who is getting the direction from me believes that they transformed. Because what I found is, let's say Amy and I are working with somebody, you know, just one-on-one. And we know we do this sometimes. I have something that I call HPS Pro, and I'll work with somebody over the course of almost a year where I direct the entire show. We write the script, direct it, you know, we do all the visuals, the whole nine yards. And we make sure, even in that, that we're putting that uh, speaker in front of other people on a regular basis. Because if it's only in front of us, no matter how much they trust us or respect us, and we say, listen, that was it, that was different, that was the change. They might go, oh, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, maybe. Yeah, okay, thanks. No, okay, fine. But if there's 20 people or 30 or 40 or 50 people or 100 people sitting there going, oh my God, that was so amazing. That was totally different than what you did before, then the speaker believes it. And that's what a masterclass does. And that's why you know we do masterclass on a regular basis and why it's become really our signature work uh, in the industry. Awesome. Michael, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Oh, you're welcome. And we've covered a ton. I think we're, I think we're good. Abe, do you want to do the readout? All right. Michael Port is the co-founder and CEO of Heroic Public Speaking. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of nine books. You can find more about him and his programs on his website, heroicpublicspeaking.com. That's heroicpublicspeaking.com. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course. I mean, in terms of takeaways, I feel like Michael was so thorough that I don't know that there are specific takeaways to pull out so much as just like, you know, well, revisit what Michael said. But what jumped out to you that might be worth highlighting or underlining? Yeah, I mean, the takeaway is listen to the entire episode and then listen to it again. I guess you can really absorb the depth of what he shared. I mean, one thing that definitely caught my attention was this distinction between expert and visionary. You know, I've heard similar themes described in the past, but I'd never heard it framed the distinction in those terms. And I think that's a really helpful thing for people to think about, both in terms of you know, growing their audience and, and brand, you know, thought leadership, all those good things. Are, are you presenting, you know, just kind of expert like how-to information, like here's how to dominate SEO in 2022? Or are you, you know, presenting, you know, a, a visionary narrative about where the world is going and, and how people need to look at the world in a different way. And then how does that, you know, affect your courses, right? Like if you look at your course and it's all just that expert how-to perspective, is there maybe some of that visionary perspective that's missing to redefine what it can do and, and to make it really effective for people? Yeah, I've always thought that like a core foundation for how you approach something worth teaching is always something to the effect of, Everyone thinks X, but really it's Y. Now let me teach you about that. You know, I'll tell you something that did jump out to me. Michael's built a fantastic business, really helping people achieve tremendous amounts of transformation and impact. 
right? And, you know, he charges a significant amount of money and there's this great economic engine. But it's worth, I think, pointing out that what we just heard is like the umpteenth turn on that flywheel, right? He's got the extensive experience and training as an actor and then all the years on the speaking circuit led to piloting and testing and iterating the format and the model, right? There was a lot of turns on that flywheel. And I know that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast have very deep and robust expertise, but they may be earlier in the journey of their course business. And so remember that it always starts with the first turn on the flywheel, which is clunky and slower, but then you keep building on it and building on it and getting better and better results for your audience and getting better and better at the marketing. And it really does compound until you have this just wonderful setup in the way that Michael has arrived at. So just worth pointing out, right? This should be inspirational as in here's what I can model and where I can go and not discouraging as in, well, he's so far ahead of me, I'll never catch up, right? We're always competing with ourselves, not, not with somebody else. He literally described being on version 16 of his program, right? I mean, that, that kind of summarizes in a, a nutshell the persistence it takes to get to something great over time. Well, and version 16 of this program, but this is after, you know, another decade of other programs. So, so just exactly, like there's a long track record that gets there. And frankly, everyone who's listening to this gets the benefit of a lot of those learnings as a shortcut. Nice. All right. You want to do the readout? Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of Riziku, here with Danny Eaney, founder and CEO of Mercy. Course Lab is part of the Mercy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Making It. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Michael Port for taking the time to run us through his course. You can find out more about him at heroicpublicspeaking.com. That's heroicpublicspeaking.com. To make sure you don't miss the really great episodes coming up on Course Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. I think we're good. Abe, do you want to do the readout? Yes, although it looks like it's being edited as we speak. Just uh, doing a little bit of tweaking here. <laughs> Let me just add that. Okay. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just, you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. 
My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah. Because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.